Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Unwatchables. And I am really random today, so I'm just going to do a quick explanation for my eviction from my closet. I kind of ranted about this for three minutes well, last time. Well, I guess time, I can go, but... go like, eat a three-course meal while I'm waiting for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You know, just do, do, whatever, do whatever you have to do to get through my rants. You know, you can talk to your therapist during or something like that. It's going to be a long one. So... Can't talk to therapists because I'm, uh, of course, social distancing like a good boy. Join a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, okay. my gosh. Imagine that. Imagine talking like to a therapist in the Zoom call. I'm be sure so people awkward. do that. I know. I'm sure they do. I'm, I know they have like doctor's appointments and stuff through Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. I don't know how effective it is, but... You know, whatever. Anyway, a few of maybe you may be wondering, okay, so I know you've been evicted from your closets in my room, but I don't know why. So here's the explanation. As you know, my computer is in a room full of wood. There's nothing but wood. It's all wood. 100% wood. It's nothing but wood. No chairs. Well, chair, the, the chairs that are there are wood. Um, my carpet's made out of wood. I don't have a carpet. It's wood. How do you have a carpet? That would be awesome. You get the you get carpet. the point. You get the point. So I had the bright idea to use my mom's laptop in my closet, and I don't have a laptop. I only have a computer. So I was like, "Hey, mom, can I please use the laptop to record a podcast?" I'm doing. She's like, "Oh, you're doing a podcast? Oh, sure, of course you may, my dear son." I'm like, "Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." So I go into the closet, and then I ask for it two times a week, and then after the second week, she's like. Um, I'm going to need this laptop more. Can you stop using it? I'm like, no, no. So then I decide to order this mic and then I'm feeling better about myself because I feel like the mic is going to solve my problems. I don't need my closet. My closet's very soundproof, but I don't need it anymore because I have this great mic. And then the mic comes, I try it on and it's so echoey. It's so unbelievably echoey that, um, it doesn't work. It, it just won't work. So I've been evicted from my closet. What do I do? Yes, I put a blanket on my head to pull in all the sounds. Onto the episode. Let's go. I got lucky. My room is full of things. I've got an exactly. old couch because we redid our living room a couple months back. A chair. My bed is on a loft, and I have a desk under it, so I have a bed right above me and a nice carpet. So, haha! Lucky. I don't need to suffocate I, I under a blanket. I can't move my computer into the closet because there are no plugs. There's well, I could go sit in the closet, but I like my desk. And my you mic like doesn't desks. echo, so. Yep, I'm getting terrible back problems right, right now, but I don't care. Content. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, guys, so, so. We both just said so. You go first. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about, because we are kind of like desperate at the moment to get an episode out, we are going to be talking about movie music. Bum, and- bum, bum. Cue Batman theme. Why? Why are we cueing the Batman thing? I don't know. I mean, I can Sound cue the Batman theme. Music. Here, I'll play the Batman Moist. theme. <laughs> Boom. That just gave me an extra two minutes of editing. Why did I do that? Haha, <laughs> sucker. Anyway, yeah, we're just going to be talking about movie music and see where it goes. You know, like, I know, I, I, I know what you're going to be talking about. I should have probably thought about this more and tried to avoid. What am, what am I going to be talking about? You're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I actually will start off with that. Starting mostly with I watched like the second half of it with my brother recently, and okay. I watched that lightsaber fight again. I still don't like that it had music, but I think 
for any of the musics that I wanted to be musics, that's not a word. For any of the tracks that I wanted to be playing there, I think they would have had to change the fight. Yes. So I agree. I'm coming a little bit around to that fight. Thank you. But Thank I you still so I still think they should have at least included a different fight with a little bit of that, you know, fan service duel the face music. Yeah, I get it. And since we're on the topic of Star Wars and we're probably going to be jumping around from franchise to franchise because this is like movie music all around. Mm-hmm. I just have to say that John Williams is the only thing that is one of the only things that's been consistently good about Star Wars. It's mm-hmm. had its up and downs, but John Williams has always come through. Like, always. Yep. There's not a single piece that he's done that I don't like in any movie. John Williams is great. He is. One of the the better composers. Yep. The real question, though, is John Williams or Hans Zimmer? Uh, I usually, like, I have I think I'd have to go personally to for John, or for Hans Zimmer just because John Williams yeah. um, is mostly just Star Wars. No, he, he does a lot. He did, He's like, Star Wars. E. Oh, he did E.T. He did E.T., um, Closing Cars of the Third Kinds, Star Wars, Indiana Jones... A bunch. He's done a bunch. Oh, yeah. Schindler's List. Actually, my favorite movie piece of any composer is the theme to Schindler's List, and it's by John Williams. He won the Oscar for it. Now that I think about it, he also did, like, Harry Potter and a bunch of other crap, so never mind. He's done tons. I take take back my statement. But But the two biggest composers are John Williams and Hans Zimmer. And possibly Danny Elfman. What did he do again? He's done like a bunch of Marvel movies. He's did all of Tim Burton's movies. He's he's done the Spider-Man movies. He's done a good amount. Okay. There's a yeah, there's a couple of uh big ones, but back yeah, to the question, I, John Williams or Hans Zimmer? I actually would go with Hans Zimmer. John Williams, he like he's amazing, obviously. He has some of the most memorable pieces, but just I don't know. I feel like Hans Zimmer's pieces just affect you a bit more in the movie. My, uh, you know, kind of like, kind of like the theme to him, like all of the pieces in Inception and Interstellar are just beautiful, and they add so much to it. Mm-hmm. My my personal pieces, favorite soundtrack is Interstellar. Yeah, same. So it's the best. It's the best night soundtrack. You can mm-hmm. just you can just sit on your bed, look at the stars at your ceiling. Where do you live, know. Hogwarts? No, <laughs> no, like you can just sit in your bed, imagine looking at your stars. There's too much pollution there, so you can't do that. But whatever. Um, Speaking of stars, the other day, this is totally unrelated, but we were like, we had like a fire pit in our backyard, and we were sitting around that, and there were just like this big stream of stars that started at one point and ended at another point. They were just moving by, and they'd go through that little little line, and then they just disappear. And it was so weird. Ooh, aliens confirmed. As they're of now, ha- we okay. think they're. The, the conclusion we came to was satellites. Okay. That's like the logical one. But as we know, logical conclusions are trash. Well, the second conclusion no was that our dog is actually an alien, and he sent for his be- friends to come pick him up because we were being too weird. But, I mean. Ooh, E.T.'s <laughs> coming. E.T.'s coming. E.T. But phone home. E.T. phone home. I have to watch E.T. soon. I've only seen E.T. like once or twice. Oh, it's so good. It's one of, like my it's one of my favorite movies. Mm. Is the I soundtrack for ET good? Oh, it's so good. It's so 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 good. We watched um there was this one sort of like 
uh, what do we call it? What do you call it? Orchestra performance that we go to. It's on a giant field, and there is like a, um, an orchestra pit and everything. But what we do is like thousands of people just bring picnic blankets, bring a picnic, and listen to the music at night. It's so good. It's like an hour away from our house. But sometimes what they do is they put up a giant movie screen, and play a movie while they're playing the soundtrack. And recently they did E.T. about like a year or two ago. That's not recently. Okay, that's whatever, that's whatever. really cool. But how do they time it right so that they're playing the soundtrack at the right moment? <laughs> practice. It seems like it would be really hard. Lots and lots of practice. These guys are professionals. They've like, they're like one of the, like, they're huge. They're they're probably one of the biggest um, orchestras in the world. I'm not gonna say where it is because that's gonna reveal my location. I don't want that. Okay. So another question about. Jeez, I really want to sneeze, but then I try to sneeze and nothing happens. Um, so if you had to pick the main theme for one of the like four or five big franchises like Marvel, Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, maybe the Lord of the Rings, stuff like that, maybe we could throw in like Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Which theme would you pick? Out of all of those. From big franchises. From not essentially big like the biggest franchises. Oh, that's tough. I have so many I like for different reasons. Like, can I just pick out my favorite from each franchise? Sure. Like, Let's I, start with that. Okay, so my favorite from Marvel is definitely Thanos' porch theme. That one's great. Or Thanos either that porch? or... Yeah, you know, like at the end of Infinity War, that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, either that or Black Panther's... Ancestral Fields song. I love that. The cello in that is just so chilling. My favorite so, theme is just the classic Spider-Man theme that like revamped for the new movies because like I when I was a lot younger, my dad loved the uh Spider-Man like animated TV show, like the first one that that song's based off of, like the theme song <laughs> for that show. Yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. just nice and I mean, nostalgic like, and I I really love that theme a lot. Even you Spider Man, yeah, Spider Man. That's yeah, that true. One. So I yeah. I like that one a lot because they revamped something that is really awesome. Uh huh. Yeah, that's so. Mine are either Thanos' porch theme or the ancestral plane. And then for Star Wars, oh, there's so many good pieces. Okay, Duel of Fates or Ray's theme or Leia's theme. Those three. One of those three. Yeah, Duel of the Fates is amazing. Yeah, I love is. all the cool fight scenes, songs. Yep. Another I, I really feel... good piece is the Emperor's Throne Room. Oh, right, I forgot about that one. You mean like... You mean, you mean the one that like plays... Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong one. It's What's in the, the OG one that plays... trilogy and the new trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one that plays at the fi- finale at the um, Return of the Jedi um, lightsaber battle? That music is so good. I'm trying to remember. I don't the name. know. Here, let me it see has if like I can this, get the soundtrack open. It like has this um deep bass choir. Is it like bum bum bum. Kind of. It's like bum bum because that's the emperor's throne room. Yeah, that's that's not. The, I'm not thinking of the emperor's throne room. I'm thinking of a different song. Hmm. Here, I'll get the it's thing like up when, and I'll read out all the names. It's like when the emperor dies. It's so good. Let's that's see. Re- that's towards the end of the movie. I gotta try not to accidentally play it because, um, 
Um, Leia's um, news. Light of the... Fr- I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. There's some really you guys good... Should just, I, I would you know, play it, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that's definitely not allowed. Yeah. It's funny because people sometimes come up and ask me what my favorite kind of music is. And some people are like, oh, I like hard rock. I like jazz. I like... I like um, it's weird I responding. Know, I like soundtracks. I like soundtracks. In my opinion, some of the best music comes from movie soundtracks. I'm serious. It's like I feel like they're ignored for how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Sorry. I hear you aggressively typing something. No, I'm trying to get my the device I'm calling you on is dying, and I'm trying to plug it in without like moving. How <laughs> oh, dang. So just yeah. talk to them, but don't get do another magic trick. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I could do another magic trick. Okay, so I, I've always felt that Star Wars music is like I don't know what it Star is. Star Wars music is like the classic every, movie soundtrack. But like every single piece is so different, and every single one fits that the scene so perfectly. Every single like piece each, is so different, yet they're all very similar. Like not similar, yeah. like the way they sound, but they're all. You know when something's Star Wars. John Williams has a very yep. unique style. Yeah, but there's one, but this is particularly, like, I've noticed that this really isn't part of, this isn't really a thing in the prequels and the originals, but for the sequels, they have, like, a main theme for each movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. they have the Rise of Skywalker theme, they have the Last Jedi theme, and they have the Force Awakens theme. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I saw it. The, um... Rise of the Resistance. That theme is so good. Is that or, the one? Flight of the Resistance, Rise of the Resistance. Wait, were you talking about Return of the Jedi, or were you talking about Rise of Skywalker? I'm talking about Rise of Skywalker. Oh, you Rise said Skywalker Return of the Jedi. Right when? When you were talking about the scene with the Emperor. No, no, different. No, I'm... No, no, no. Yes, that scene from Return of the Jedi, but right now I'm talking about Rise of Skywalker. Ah, okay. Yeah, I stopped talking about that a while ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, what what I'm saying is like each of the tr- each of the um, episodes from the sequels have like a main theme to them. Well, the prequels and the originals have you know like very recurring mm-hmm. themes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. I do think it's good that they found a little bit more differentiation because even though it's the same story, it's still a different story. Mm-hmm. I really want to. Yeah. I really am so close right now to just trying to end up reviewing Rise of Skywalker, but that's something for a different episode. Nah, we're not doing that. I we're know, just, I know. I'm just gonna move. I'm just gonna try and throw Star Wars out the window now. Let's just move on to Harry Potter. Oh, I love He's, the Harry Potter music. I love Harry Potter music a lot. So iconic. It's really good. Yep. Like. Like, I remember before I even saw the Harry Potter movies, we had this one CD that we used to play a lot in the car. It was it had um the Harry Potter theme in it, and I never knew what it, what it was. So I kept, like, whenever it came on track, I was like, ah, oh, yes, I love this song. I love this song so much. Then years later, I found out it was the Harry Potter theme before I saw Harry Potter. I was like, oh, cool, nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Harry Potter is, but yeah. Harry nice. Potter is, like... That seems like the type of movie, the best soundtracks are, like, really good, but at the same time, you barely notice them when you're watching the movie, because their sole purpose is just to enhance what's happening on the screen. Yeah. 
Yeah, usually I only really think about how good the music is on the second viewing or if the movie is terrible, but the music is good. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, imagine how different some movies would be with just no music. Oh, they've that that's happened before. I know, but um, like... Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Those movies are it, supposed to be like that. Imagine if you took one of the movies that you a movie that you really liked and you loved the soundtrack like for, with, and then you removed oh, the soundtrack. Yeah, like you don't really would, think about the soundtrack while it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of like the music is part of the aesthetic, the visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And like what what you see on screen, like. It translates both to sounds and visuals. Like, it's weird, because having a soundtrack is not something that happens in everyday life. But, like, you're watching these moments, and it just feels normal, and it wouldn't feel right without the music. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, like, you really don't... I Now that I'm thinking about it, like, I really don't really think about the movie as music until, like, a second or third viewing, unless the music is, like, one of the bigger parts of the scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What what would you can you like find your favorite song from any movie or is that too hard? Oh gosh, don't put me on the spot like that. Um <laughs> Because I know what mine is. It's most likely Schindler's List, which I haven't seen Schindler's List, but I've listened to the piece hundreds of times bit of an exaggeration possibly but whatever and it's just it's just very good have you heard it before no you, oh, i'll listen okay. to it oh, when we stop oh, recording i guess i know what i'm i know what i'm sending to you in like a minute why do you have to send it to me yeah, i have ready, spotify boy, check your check oh right hey. i don't care i'm going to send it to you check your dms boy no nah, i refuse whatever um let's see my favorite song hmm. this is hard I'm trying to think. It's probably something from Interstellar, but all the songs there, I can never think of the name for it. Yeah, was it like the the docking scene? I'd have to listen to it, but I, I kind I, of I know can't all listen the... to it right now unless I put it on. I kind like, of know, actually, like, wait, I have headphones on. I've listened to every like Interstellar song so many times that I know all the names to the pieces. Uh, so... I'm gonna see. I'm. I think I kind of know which one it was. Is it like? Is it stay? Is it S T A Y? I can't is remember. It no time for caution. Is it waves? Is it first step? Is it corn? Well, it might be waves. Is that the one with like the ticking at the beginning? Yeah, that's Wait, waves. Let me put that on in my ear. I got headphones on, so let me see. Where is it? Yep. What, mountains? You mean? Uh, waves. No, Wait, there's it, no oh, it's waves. Called mountains? It's called mountains. Because remember, oh, they thought okay. the ways were mountains. I think this right, is it. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of my favorite. I love that song, so or that piece so much. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, I've recently been watching that new HBO TV show, Chernobyl, with my family. And th- that score is terrifying. It's by the lady who did like, the Joker, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what she did is, is she used, like, noises from a nuclear power plant, and it just sounds so, like, it just sounds so interesting. Like, you have these, like, just moaning sounds that sound like a trumpet going from, like, its top to its bottom one 
like in a slow rhythm mm. but it, it's just so haunting it, it it fits it so perfectly because like of course Turnal was about um a nuclear power plant disaster and it's so smart that she decided to use noises from a power plant how is it that just, show like, anyway? makes... should i watch it is it worth it oh it's so good i have one more episode left and i am i am just 100 percent like thrilled by it. it is it's very captivating that lady has a very unique style she does. You know who she, else she, has a really unique but really cool style is Ludwig Göransson. You mean um the Marvel? He did Black Panther. One. He did the Mandalorian. Um, oh right, right, right. He's got a really unique style, and I really oh like I love it. him. It's like a right. sort of tribal sort of style. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian he, soundtrack he, is so good. He likes it. He likes his hollow drums and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what gives it like the sort of tribal and his flutes. He, he likes his drums and flutes. Yeah, that get, like most people will put the emphasis on like cellos and v- violins and yeah. pianos. This guy's got his tribal instruments. And right, then right. the other lady whose name I'm not going to try to butcher puts her, her emphasis like, on trumpets. Hudvig, even like Hildurg Wunadatatir. Hildurg Wunadatatir. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, she she really focuses on cello a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Like the Joker theme is primarily made out of is um recorded with cello. Cello is so great in soundtracks cuz it's so sinister. I know. And like the Schindler's List theme is like a mix of a really high violin and a viola and cello and it just mixes so well. That's another reason I love the Interstellar soundtrack so much cuz it's like a good combination of all those great instruments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say Hans Zimmer, he has like this really interesting way of mixing tons of instruments. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like known as the master of percussion. So he'll have all his like roaring drums and trombones and stuff, but then he'll also have his He'll also have like an undertone of mm-hmm. like strings and it's so interesting thinking about everyone's different style. Like yeah. I would say John Williams is a bit more piano and sort of heavy than others. Yeah. And Hans Zimmer does a lot of things and Ludwig Göransson has his flutes and his drums and Hilder yeah. has all those deep and I'm pre- Yeah. I'm pretty sure we can both agree that John Williams is basically the stereotypical movie score. The stereotypical mm-hmm. blockbuster movie score. And he's you really know? good at it. I know. There's this great that, meme that that's I have. Why... It's like anything of importance happens in Star Wars. And then it's like this picture of this guy with like white hair and a tuxedo sitting on a beach aggressively playing the piano. And the piano's just on fire. And it's oh, so yeah, funny. Like anything in Star Wars happens, there's John mm-hmm. Williams just creating fire anything important happens, music. and it's just John Williams playing the piano so hard that he. I know. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, another thing that I was gonna say that now I can't remember. Um. And then Hans Zimmer also created the legendary Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. Right. I'm not gonna say anymore. Nice. Yeah, I, it's just so interesting to see the contrast between all these composers throughout their movies, and it's I just can't imagine what like what it, what the movies would be like if each of these giant films had different composers. Like, imagine if Hans Zimmer did I don't like if he did Harry Potter and John Williams did Interstellar and the guy who did Black Panther. I think it still would have been amazing. I think Star it just Wars. would have hit differently. 
Yeah, because a lot of the like music helps. You don't really think about this, but I feel like music helps push you in a certain emotional direction mm-hmm. throughout the movie without you really noticing it. It like gives you that little shove, like this is when you're supposed to start bawling your eyes out. Yeah. Not that I've ever bawled my eyes out in a movie. It's like the it's like <laughs> the music is the part of the movie that kind of like is part of the audience. It's like, okay, you can cry now, you can cheer now, you can be silent now. This there's an intense scene coming up, you know? Uh-huh. The music's usually a strong indicator. As I also wanted to say, I wonder if the directors have much say in who is brought on the team to create the music. Because like they I like, would hope so. Like how much say do they have in what the theme is of the sh- of the movie. I think movies are usually better when the director has primary control over most things. Yeah. Like, I don't know about, like... Because the person who's creating the music, that's that's their art. Well, uh, no. On. 100% they have control over anything that happens in the music. But yeah. it should be up to the director to decide who they want to make that music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you think the director decides whether, like, the music works? Because I feel the director is essentially the one putting... He's the one there's... putting his spin on the movie and picking... Set, p- putting certain, certain emotions and certain actions. Yeah. And I think he should be ultimately... Not, like, the ultimate whatever he says goes for score-wise, but I think he should have a certain amount of influence over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about how, like, John Williams, every time you hear a John Williams piece, you know it's John Williams. Mm-hmm. I was just watching a scene from, you've heard of Marriage Story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I was just watching a scene from that a few weeks ago, and, or it was actually before the Oscars, but. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Before our podcast, Gosh. even, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just listening to, uh. A scene from it and had this song and I was like, huh, that that sounds like a lot like the Toy Story theme. And then I look up the composer and it's the guy who did Toy yeah, Story. That guy's got his own style too. He does. What's he has his like name? this Randy Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. this like slow piano and violin. He has like, he has like a um, he has like a very high. He's a more jolly sort of yeah. composer. Yeah, he has like a a like a treble clef mm-hmm. type thing. No he idea like what that means. Never played any classical music, but okay. <laughs> okay, but um, I don't know. Like, it's so funny because, like, even though the songs are different, you can just see their style. Yeah, I know. It's so great. And another thing is, yeah, go ahead. The impact. I love it when I don't know how to phrase this, but minor songs and dissonant music are so great for setting up certain darker moments and i just i don't somehow that's become one of my favorite parts of soundtracks like minor music and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i also wanted to bring up that like i always find it interesting when composers i mean when like i guess it is composers Mm -hmm. job or the director's job as well when they choose to have no music in the scene Mm -hmm. and this is like brought to the extreme in alfred hitchcock's the birds which does not have any music in it. Sometimes a lack of music can make it even more intense. I know. Yeah. And another, a lack like, of music is also very, very, very terrifying. I know. Like, if the there's right no spots. music, 
you just feel like you're completely isolated and you're like you're actually there because if you don't hear the music, then you're not watching a movie. Some of the ways because I feel about scenes with it seems no like music and like why that, especially in like a horror genre, would be so scary, uh-huh. is because music gets big when something important happens and when there's no yeah. music something is about to go down because yep. it's going to get big once whatever happens happens. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that well, but yeah. It's just it's also brings me like this also makes me think about like sound design in general, just the total like sound of the movie, like the music, mm-hmm. the sound effects, just all of that. It's like I don't know, just I feel like so much of a movie it just depends on what you hear, not only what you see. Yeah. It's interesting, like, how implications of music change so much about the feel of a movie. Mm -hmm. And then jolly and happy music, when used right, or changing just a few notes to make it dissonant or minor, as I just said, is the creepiest thing ever. It's like, oh, like, this also reminds me, like, you know when you're watching a TV show and you, like, earlier in the TV show you have the theme, but then as the TV show comes to a close they play like a slower version of it mm-hmm. and you get real emotional because you just realized you watched the entire tv show and there's nothing left to see you know hmm. like there's just a sudden switch from i don't know it's like can't really think about but yeah taking a like theme an example taking a theme that someone associates with something good like altering it and happy and then changing like one or two notes so that it becomes dissonant is yeah. terrifying i know it's like, I don't know, this brings my mind, but do you find, especially in particularly scarier genres, I find babies to be very scary. Oh gosh, you're not alone. In scary genres. Babies oh, and goodness. hospitals are two of the scariest things. And like, especially like if there's a mother with a baby, there's almost a guarantee that they're going to die. Like... In horror genres, especially, I find babies and hospitals to be two of the scariest things, which yeah. are things that should you should not be afraid of in real life. They're like safe places. Like a hospital is a safe space. Hospital is but, literally designed to help you, to, and babies are just the the next generation. They should not be scary. They're like they the terrify the crap out of me. In like, cuteness in movies. horror movies is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's a bad, bad, bad thing. Unless like the director is. He's not, like, completely going for horror. Like, yeah, he's going for horror, but they're not, like, completely trying to scare you. Like, it's just, I don't know. And then, I know we're not talking about horror movies, but another thing about about horror movies that I think makes them scarier is to dull down the colors into, like, and make the color palette a lot duller, but still have, like, regular colors. And, like... Mm duller and like pastels and stuff i find that makes it scarier as well even like the blandest um like the it's like a bland canvas yeah i think just making it like a duller and blander color contrast makes it even scarier than having it be like dark or having it be i think that just i don't know i don't even watch horror movies i just feel like that would make it scarier this was this just reminded me of something i've always been confused there's the cinematographer and there's there's the director. Does the director control like where the camera is, and the cinematographer like controls the palette of the movie, or does like the cinematographer know where the shots are going to be? I'm I'm I, gonna assume the cinematographer would be the one 
in charge of the shots, but the director would have the final say, and he would give direction to the cinematographer. But that's the thing, like, when I've seen behind-the-set things, it's always the director who's, like, moving the camera around and saying, and, like, finding the perfect spot. Well, yes, spot. but I feel like the cinematographer, as well as doing the other stuff you would say he would do, maybe... He's I'm, like I'm going to assume he would probably be the head of the camera crew and would be with working with the director to find the best angles. Yeah. But it's amazing. I know we've been talking about soundtracks, but it's amazing how not even just script or emotions or setting, just little tweaks to like palettes and music and angles can make something yeah. so money. So you could change the emotions of a scene so much through those little things. That's why that's why I feel that animated movies, when they're good, are just so effective. Because when you're animating, you have full control over what the movie looks like and what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So you can like change the palette a bit, and like I just gonna I don't know like let's just take Toy Story for example. Like I, don't, I can't really think of a good um, example of them mellowing the palette, but like. They're calming the palette, but like they have full control control over what it looks like, so they can like make little tweaks to it. I'd beg to differ. I'd beg that I'd think that you can make use those little tweaks more to your advantage in an actual live action movie than you could in an animated movie. Because animated really? movies are usually, I feel like animated movies are always very. I mean, actually, now that I think like animated movies don't usually take advantage of that then enough. If that is the case. And I feel like someone could potentially now make have a very good movie on their hands if they just mm-hmm. took a little bit more advantage of those things. But as of now, I feel like I don't know if it just works better or if it's more utilized on live-action movies, but I feel like I see it more effectively and a lot more on actual movies, like live-action yep. movies. I understand just, that. I'm not saying that like animated movies do it better or they do it more. I'm just saying that I feel like if animated movies could do it and like realize that they have full control over the animation and like they could do so much more with it, then it would be amazing. Yeah, someone could potentially, if they took full advantage, I don't know, there could be a movie like this out there already, but if someone took full advantage of those things, potentially, I don't know if this would be a great movie for kids considering usually it's tweaking it into different, less child-friendly emotions like, Fear is the first one that comes to mind because yeah. that seems like the easiest one. But if someone took full advantage of all of those things, they could possibly have a really big hit on their hands. Right. Yeah. Me well, and you, movie making time. Yeah, boy. The Unwatchables movie coming once we have any money Somewhere and are totally rainbow. broke, and if we ever become movie makers, probably never. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, I really have to get going. This is supposed to be like a shorter episode, and I just have to skadoodle. Editor's note, his uh, audio stopped recording here, but it's okay because, I mean, we were done with the episode anyway. It was just a bit of an outro, so I'm going to give you back to me, and I'm going to tell you about the next couple weeks and what our plan is. But yeah, his audio cut out, so he's not here anymore. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. I think we've talked about a lot of interesting things, but... Okay, guys, this next week... I hate to say this, but we're not going to be making any episodes for the next week, probably. We should start up again the week after that. Probably. 
but both of us have a lot of school happening right now, so both both of us have a lot of school this weekend or this week, like exams and stuff. So we're gonna be taking this next week off. So no episodes for another two weeks. So you had no episodes this week. This will be our last episode till uh. Let me check the date. One sec. Our next episode will be Wednesday the twentieth, I think. So expect us back then. We've both got exams and stuff, so big heavy workloads, not much time on our hands. He he's already dipped out of here. That's how busy he is. So I will thank you guys for listening and see you in the next episode. Peace. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Unwatchables. Today's episode, boy, do we have a treat for you. We will be covering soundtracks and how they affect... Oh, crap. Sorry, my mic wasn't plugged in. I know, sorry. One sec. Testing. Testing. Alright. I think it's plugged in now. You ready to start again? Okay, great. Three, two, one, go. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Unwatchables.